This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. Denial is such a tricky thing because by virtue of its definition, it takes a while before you even know that it's a thing in your life. And it sure is a thing in the 8 life. Erin and I did not want to see it at first, but now that we see it, it's kind of everywhere we look. There is denial behind every door we slam in our mind and in our heart. Every time you bat something away as not relevant to you or as somebody else's problem, something that you subconsciously might know is there, but you really don't want to look at, there's a good chance that that might in fact be denial in your life. Denial is sneaky. It's also the thing that's going to stop eights from growing. We decided to run this episode early on in the seasons in the hope that it might open all of us up a little more to things that we might not otherwise have been ready to really look at. So know that as we are talking our way through this episode, we're talking to ourselves just as much as to you. Hi. Hello. We're back with more fun content. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Well, of course we started heavy. The themes that we wanted to cover just felt like the most important. So asking an eight to really look at their denial is quite hilarious. It's kind of... What denial? Yeah, right? What denial? (laughs) Yeah, asking them to accept their denial is like asking a two to be humble about their pride or a seven to be measured about their gluttony or something. It's, It's hard. It's hard. And I think we both will agree that we denied that we were in denial. For a long time. Not me. (laughs) Good one. Yeah. Aren't you clever? Two years ago when I was starting, I actually found an amazing article written by an Enneagram 8. Her name is Cheryl McMillan. So we're using one of her articles to kind of unpack how denial shows up in Erin's life and mine. So we'll just kind of hang our own experiences off of some of the points she made. Um, And she starts with a quote. She says that denial is the refusal to accept a certain reality, thought, or feeling. Its purpose is to protect the ultra-sensitivity and vulnerability that is buried beneath an outer veneer of strength and control. And in short, you could say denial is a kind of willed insensitivity. I really do think that eight kids had the most sensitive hearts Mm -hmm. in the world, and that's why we had to armor up. So, of course, we have learned to deny pain Pain. like that. It it just was too much. And, And in a way, that's a gift. We just have to be able to see it for what it is and then access those feelings when we want to. I think denial is hard as an eight because I think when when I heard denial was a thing for eights, I actually was like, no, that's not me. I denied that I was in denial. I denied that I didn't feel pain. I denied that I didn't feel feelings. In fact, I could tell you all the feelings I felt. What I learned later is I didn't feel the feelings. I talked about the feelings, but never actually felt them. I think if I was reflecting even further, I'm not even sure the words I were using were feeling words. Like, I think I said things flippantly, like, Mm. oh my goodness, my family's a mess, or everything was so flippant so that I wasn't going to dive in anywhere about feelings. I don't think I could have. No, I think because we are so in our bodies, we are feeling sensations rather than feelings. I think I just heard that somewhere. We're, we're taking in information in a way we can feel in our body, but that's not the same thing as actually sitting in grief or sitting in fear. I think it's really interesting too, being a gut person, because I feel things, just not feelings. 
Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like there you I, go. I have I feel things, just not feelings. I like yeah. that. Here we go. And I, my body reacts mm-hmm. without me thinking about it. Yeah. And I have no control over that. Mm-hmm. It's like a vibration in my body, right? When I when I meet someone that I immediately don't like, my body's like, nope. Mm-hmm. But if it's like your family has fallen apart, your childhood as you know it, your life with your family is over. It's like, nah, no, move on. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, it's over. Yeah, it sucks. And that's it. I'm not actually going to unpack what that means or feels. Like. A friend called me on this a little because I think I labeled myself quite openly for years that I was such an open person, like wide open. And I was calling for other people to be more open. Why were they hiding stuff? And she was like, yeah, yeah, you definitely lead with a lot of things that seem really shocking and uncomfortable, but I can see right through it. There's a whole other set of things you don't talk about. So she said, it's like I have a bookshelf and I have, you know how sometimes if you need to fit more books and you hide a layer of books behind the (laughs) ones that are prettier or that make you sound smart or something? (laughs) So the the ones (laughs) that are hidden at the back are the ones that are so sensitive and vulnerable that I, it's like I have... I've shelved them in the archives, and I've forgotten they were even there. I don't even know I'm doing it, but... Oh, man, I was mad at her when she said that. (laughs) (laughs) I just honestly was shocked when when I heard that. I just thought it was so untrue. Or that I was just not that eight. Right. We are recording this expecting a lot of you to fully react in a similar way. If you haven't done the work yet, hearing that denial is a real thing for AIDS might land exactly the way we're describing. It might take you a while to really start to unpack what that means for you. And so we're going to actually just go through some kinds of denial and the ways that um, Aaron and I, we, we can just go ahead and admit that we have... <laughs> lived out of those places so Uh, so the first one is denying the reality of unpleasant information altogether Uh how do you do that do you do that i i think i just don't go there i just don't and when it's something that when if you sat with me and said but how do you feel about that i would feel incredibly weak if i started to say how I feel because well, how I feel is meh right it's like it I'm fine go in. I'm it fine penetrate I distinctively remember one of my friends making a joke about my parents separating and then a couple days later it came true and his wife made him call me and apologize for making the joke because it wasn't funny anymore because now it was true mm. and I remember laughing and saying I'm okay with this joke. Like, yes, it's true, but this is the reality of the situation. It's fine. Everything's fine. Right. I had that mug. <laughs> That's my mug. Yes. For me, when I say someone hurts me, what I think I really mean is when they make me feel this big, like really small. I think what happens is I feel it for just a second, and it's the squirmy gross is the word. It makes me, oh, it's a terrible feeling. I bet you what it is, is embarrassment, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, we don't do embarrassment very No, yeah, embarrassment. And then that gets converted super quick into anger, 
or my mind just stuffs it. It's like, or, okay, so the way I describe it to a friend is, it's like I make the the thing that happened slippery in my mind, so I can't even hang on to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I do it, but it, like, doesn't anchor in. It doesn't hook in. And I don't know. It's like a weird, involuntary thing that happens, but I discard it. That's denial for sure. <laughs> I'd say so. Yes. Yeah, I let the memory of it and the sensation slip away. I, like, will not focus on it. Some people will roll something over in their mind. If it hurts, forget. I'm doing the opposite of mulling. I, I reject it. To all of our eights, we really need to hear from you because it's helpful to compare notes. To all of our non-eights, we need to hear from you just as much, if not more, because you're going to see things about us we don't see, and you know we'll welcome the pushback. So go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, leave us a rating and review so we can get the word out there, and then hop over to our Instagram account at the Enneagram 8 Podcast and follow us there. Every week we're going to be putting out great content, a lot of which will be coming from you. At the top of every episode, we're going to be running a segment called Adis Thing. We're going to be sharing the Adis Thing we did that week, and we want to hear yours. Send them to us as voice notes or in writing, photos too. We'll post them in our stories and maybe even feature one in an episode. We want to fill the space with eight voices. So why don't you go ahead and add yours? So I think that in the last two years, having done a lot of work and gone through some painful relationships breaking down, I do not deny it anymore. I've started to let myself feel it, which is, again, it hurts. It hurts a lot. It's like a light has been shone on denial, and I have to say, yeah, it's there. And the pain is there. I can no longer deny that those things are in front of me. One of the things I noticed is if one of my siblings is hurting, it's so horrifying to me. And I mean head-to-toe kind of pain when they're hurting because I don't have control over that. I can't fix that. And I feel responsible and protective of them. Often, if the pain reaches a certain threshold, I start to avoid them. Hmm. It's the saddest thing I do. It's one of the things that I beat myself up about the most, is I will avoid their struggle because of the horror of it, the hurt that it puts in me. So interesting, because I think I do the opposite. I go towards other people's struggles Mm -hmm. to keep me from reflecting on my own. I do it initially, but it's like I reach a threshold. Hmm. It's wild. The second kind of denial is that we'll admit that something is true, but we minimize how serious it is. Or maybe rationalize it? Yeah. Do you find that you will like reframe like a seven does? Like if something hard happens, will you find a way to explain it in a light that suits you? I think I I explain it in a really lighthearted way. So yes, I guess so in that way. I just, I don't put the pain or the, yeah, yes, I guess that's answers your question i do reframe it from a view that's not so hard right or hurtful okay yeah this is so vulnerable i'm struggling but it's important when i was pregnant with my first child i had to have an examination that's part of pregnancy but i'd never had one before and i i will just say it i was sexually assaulted by the doctor and I, in the moment, remember 
justifying that maybe this is how it worked or what do I know? My body was telling me something was wrong, but my head was saying, what do you know? You've never had it done. And he's a doctor and he's one of the senior doctors here. And there's a nurse in the room. My body was sensing wrongness. And in hindsight, I can see her complicity, the nurse's complicity. Mm. I can, I can feel the smarminess of him, the oiliness of him, but I entrusted myself to this person. And so I think what I did is I like paved over it with logic. Maybe this is just how it goes. And it wasn't until Netflix put out a documentary called Athlete A. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It's hard, especially for eights who really, really champion the vulnerable. These were little girls. And it was Dr. Larry Nasser who did exactly the same thing to these girls as happened to me. There's something about watching movies and TV that lowers my barriers. And I feel everything when I'm watching. And when it spoke about the assault on the girls, it's like I was, I wasn't just feeling their pain. I was feeling a memory. Right. It's the first time I really realized that that's what that doctor had done to me. I had denied it. I think a lot of abuse victims do. I just never would have called myself one of those. Like hashtag me too. I did not relate to. I was like, well, yeah, I can't think of anything, but it's because maybe I just, it was too, too much for me to actually acknowledge. So you denied it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty classic denial. And then when it floods up, it's almost like the hit is even harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I spoke a little bit about this in the previous podcast about myself, but when my parents divorced, the breakdown of our family happened. It was not simply my parents and my sister and my brother and I that broke. It sort of broke my whole childhood. We are so excited to share something new we've been working on. We have now launched the Enneagram 8 community. This is a community where Enneagram 8s can come together to feel seen and heard for the heart of who they are, a place where you can just be you. If you're interested in joining us here, go to the Enneagram8community.com to sign up. My dad, uh, he is a seven, so I think he fed his narrative a little bit more positively to other members of the family. And in short, my sister and my brother and I got ostracized from a lot of our exterior family. They thought we were very callous and just cruel to cut our dad out for the period of time that we needed to, to do that to move forward. And so in that time, I don't really remember feeling anything. And a lot happened. Like, <laughs> a lot happened. My dad ended up almost dying in the hospital. And um, there were a lot of events around that that were that were really big. And when I look back and had I allowed myself to actually feel things, I think I would have been, I would have been broken about what was going on around that time. And, but I didn't. We're good at moving. We're good at just putting one foot in front of the other and going, right? Until, until denial doesn't work. I wasn't denying the reality of the situation. I was denying myself feeling any of the pain I felt. You can only do that for so long before your body says no more. Mm-hmm. And I, as a person who's gotten to broken, I really, really encourage you eights out there. When those things are coming, you need to slow down or your body's going to do it for you. And then you have a whole other slew of things to deal with. Denial only works until it doesn't. Mm -hmm. 
we haven't really touched on this yet, but what are the parts of our personality that we've been denying? I for sure did that with bluntness or um, honesty. I accept that we hurt people with our honesty, for example. I think denial looked like me stamping honesty as a value that trumped someone else's feelings. Yeah, someone else's feelings. So that's minimizing the value of gentleness and maximizing the value of honesty. Mm -hmm. And I find that unhealthy eights dig in really hard on the traits of their personality that work for them. But meanwhile, their family is kind of being beaten up emotionally. And this is why Enneagram is important. Eights have a hard time acknowledging that other people require a softer touch, maybe a little bit more different way of, of being addressed. What is like the worst thing someone has called you out on? Yeah, so I don't think I've been called out on many things. Oh, well, lucky you. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but I will say <sighs> that in the last few years, I have had some important friendships break down. And I think they needed to call me out on some of that. And I think that maybe those people probably were a little bit intimidated by me. And so instead of saying to me, you're hurting me, or I don't like the way this is going, or you don't need to fix this piece of me, they left. Did you minimize your part in it? Or are you still working through it right now? I think I'm still working through it. To be brutally honest, I think I have tried to repair that and take accountability. But I can only do that as long as someone will respond. When they deny that it's even an issue, or they just don't respond at all, you can't work with that. That has been my probably my biggest pain that I've acknowledged because during these particular years of these two friendships that kind of fell apart, they were people I trusted and I really cared about. And I think there's a lot of pride for us, right? When we love someone, we love someone big. And when you walk away, we break a little bit. And I think I denied that mm-hmm. till recently. Yes. And now I'm unpacking yeah. how painful it was for me. Yeah. And I actually think I am on the, I am now, I'm going to cry. I've denied me sometimes and my feel that my feelings matter. And I think I put so much into others and I forget that I'm important too. And I think if I denied anything in those, it was that it's okay to be upset when someone hurts you and that it's not all your fault that there are two people involved because I'm very quick to take accountability to a fault. Mm -hmm. And I, I have not unpacked that. I don't know why. I think maybe in my family growing up, my parents were so good at saying sorry when they were wrong that I never felt shame from being sorry. They taught us that it was always okay to be sorry when you were wrong. And I think maybe some of that I took too too much, that it was always me to say sorry in my friendships. I actually have thought about that. I've often said that I'm a monster, right? Do, you yes. know, like I have often yes. identified as maybe I wouldn't say I'm at fault for the thing, but I feel like something about my identity, something about being me caused the situation. Yes. Right? So it yes. wasn't calculated, but I feel like just being me was the problem. Yes, I, that's what I feel like. Yes. In- but I have a thought about it. If we over-identify with being the problem, it almost is less painful than sitting in the feeling of... Rejection. Yes. Yes. We There's something weird about eights where we're like, 
yeah, I am a monster or, you know, just, I think you just take it to a much more aggressive do, level than I do. I'm right. Whereas I can be a bit I'm more. Doing. I'm starting to see why I'm doing that. I'm like, it's easier to just go ahead and be the bad guy than to sit in the squirmy, hurting, embarrassed feeling of realizing they just didn't want me. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Oh my goodness. Another way we deny is we divert our attention. <laughs> so instead of feeling uncomfortable or experiencing the pain, our focus and energy is just poured into something enjoyable. This is our way of life. Yes. To keep busy and jump into the next thing. All yeah. the time we do this kind of thing. <laughs> One of the things that's been on my mind lately is just sitting still. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do that well. I don't do that ever. Yeah. But it is heavy on my heart right now to take, let's start with five minutes a day. <laughs> To actually be still. Do you do that? That's what prayer is to me. Right. So this has been the year of discovering that prayer holds power in the stillness. Right? Yeah. So I move. For me, my prayer with God is all day long. And I move to pray. When I sit still, I, I can't pray. <laughs> like It's when my, my words go away. Because I'm so focused on the jitteriness of yeah, being still. It turns out I lied because that's what I do when I pray. I'm walking. Oh my, yes. I just denied <laughs> the fact that I'm not a still person. I just tried to convince myself that I was being still, but I never pray still. I'm always walking and praying. Okay, well, that's that. Um, so basically, Anyways, no, I'm okay. never still. Do you guys ever sit still? Is it is it a thing you do? Can, you know what they're going to say to us? They're going to say you just told us you hate yoga, but guess what? <laughs> yoga, yoga is your guys. Yoga is not forward. the answer for me. It guess just what? Isn't. <laughs> Maybe you're denying the fact that yoga is the path to growth for you. <laughs> okay, well I'll I'll try and stay open to that thought. Stay tuned. <laughs> I have heard that. I've heard so many eights who finally learn to sit in yoga burst into tears oh. and they start to access parts that they've never accessed before so i think you and i so are you saying bit... that like gives me like the gross I know. feeling I know. oh wow see guys we have work to do yeah we sure. thought we were so far along <laughs> we're really not <laughs> Okay, so let's look at some of the things denial does. And I have to be honest, this list makes me see layers of denial all over the place because I didn't actually identify with some of them. So the first one is denial stops us from feeling and disclosing our true feelings to others. Absolutely. So I feel like I do it all the time. Mm, I think I do too, but it's just words. Like I said earlier, I think I can talk about my feelings, but if you ask me to feel the feeling, it's a very different outcome. Okay, well, that's fair then. Yeah, so is that because, what you do? Uh, maybe I tell it like it's a story. That's what I do. And I'm not in it yes. when I'm telling it. Yeah, it's that's... not mine. It's just some really funny or really crazy drama going on. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> the second is it keeps me from developing deep relationships. And I just, I have to... I disagree, disagree with, that. with that. I think I have some very deep relationships. Yeah, me too. Except I can acknowledge this. I am like very limited in who... I will befriend. So is that denying uncomfortable feelings? Do do I need to extend myself into friendships that I haven't been? No, I don't. Because there's denial at play. Uh, I don't think we do that. I think we're very good in our gut about knowing who our people are. And I think it's okay to have boundaries within those people. 
To say that, though, I think there are times where we don't let those people in enough. Yeah. I, like, only recently, a couple of my closest friends and I have been walking through pandemic world. We talked about a lot of things. I was feeling the weight of the whole world being different and school and, and not liking any of this and losing all control. And I did five. I went right to five and I caved up and I just wrote a text saying, I'm not coming. The best part of this was for the first time ever, they just showed up. They knew something was off. And the fact that I just said I wasn't walking, it was like, hang on a sec. So they, they went out and started their walk and then kind of said, hold on, like Aaron's not okay. And then went and got coffee and showed up at my house and I burst into tears. I don't say I'm not okay. I don't, I don't say that well. I don't, I'm learning. It's hard. I deny that I feel not okay. But it was like the first time I was seen. Those two people are safer for me to say, I'm not okay now. And I say this to my husband sometimes when I'm in that five space, come get me. Because mm -hmm. I can't come to you. You need to come get me. Mm -hmm. The third thing denial does is blocks good feelings as well as painful ones. And I, I don't super resonate with this because of the heavy seven. The one thing I would say is I seem to have a weird aversion to receiving good, super happy people. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. For sure. I don't trust it, but um, uh, compliments and things. And I think it goes back to how we identify more with the monster. I do. I, I hate compliments. Yeah. They, and what is that? That is a denial yeah. of sorts. And I'm just not quite sure what it is we're doing there. But I, I do know that one of the thoughts that crossed my mind the last time I absolutely felt myself rejecting a compliment and letting it pass my skin surface yes. was, oh my goodness, I, I'm so convinced that I'm monster <laughs> that I will not, I will not let that in. That is not me. So then are we denying ourselves who we actually are? I think so. Yeah. Which is the saddest thing. Mm -hmm. Denial serves us well, though, Absolutely. in other ways. Yep. It, it actually offers us a kind of superpower that is unique to eight. So let's go through some of those. What would you say about the strength it offers during crisis? Oh, it keeps us moving. It keeps... This is why we can put one foot in front of the, the other every day, all the time. Yeah. We just keep moving. Okay, so here's the brutal thing I heard about that. <laughs> there was a psychologist who described when the World Trade Center fell, a few kinds of people. And there was a subset of people that walked out of the ashes with their head held high and they were resolved and they were walking with soldier-like I can do this. Like, I will not be felled by the horror of this. And I was identifying with this as he's talking. I'm like, yeah, that would be me in the horror, keeping busy doing in spite of the horror. And he said, the problem is they are denying the horror of it. The horror. They're denying their grief and their brains are being affected by that. Mm. And I think it's true. I think there is a cost that's paid. But at the same time, it does mean that we tend to be the people that pull the the person from the burning car and run into the burning building right. and are still standing when everyone else is, has fallen. So I, to, in the end, but I... But to, the, to the, my point earlier... There's a cost, though. There's a cost. There's and a eventually cost. we're standing till we're not. Right. 
I think we should accept that it is a gift in the moment, that that ability to turn it off, to shut down and to get through a really hard thing still standing. But then we need to go back in and we need to go ahead and sit with what really happened there so that we can feel it. Yeah. And not deny that that it's there. That numbing that happened the year my mom died. Yep. I kind of refused to feel like that was wrong. There was something about it that felt like uh, when people get put into a coma on purpose so that their brain heals, a medical coma, there was something about it that felt utterly necessary. Like Mm -hmm. I needed to numb just for a while because I had six kids to take care of. I also think that we're given this gift of numbing on purpose. Yeah. I think it just can become a hindrance to us, right? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like you said before. So yeah, I absolutely agree that you should And, and I have been unpacking the emotions I refused to feel then for the past three years. Yeah. And it, it's been terrible, but <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. But if I had felt them all at once, you would immediately yeah, you would with that crazy feeling eight heart we actually have, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have survived. Yeah. No. So number two, denial helps us accomplish hard tasks. Where others see a problem or a challenge as a major impediment, denial minimizes those things and makes it easier to require action. Which then gets us to Yeah, I think you do. Conquer the challenge. Like a lot, a lot. I I do. And my husband who is the six, even with this podcast, he said, I can't like I can't believe you're doing this. Like I'd just be so afraid of what people would say about you. Right, and we and are. I feel, Don't get us wrong. Yeah, we are, but it's not going to stop us. Exactly. And I feel like that's the same way I do things in the world when I want to accomplish something, and I, yeah, I just see the task at hand and the goal, and whatever you throw at me that will become the problem along the way is not a problem for me. It's just I, I probably reframe it as that's not you know sort of sure. that seven piece where you're like no 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 it's all good and the world is better for it things get done that other people won't step into so that's foster care for us right so I don't know how many times I've been told I could never do that it would hurt too much yeah. well my response is you think I'm not hurting every time we say goodbye to them yeah oh yeah we're hurting it's just we're gonna do it anyway yeah I'm choosing to set aside my hurt feelings to care for these little ones that need caring for. Mm-hmm. And that that is that is a good thing. When my daughter Annika came down with Lyme disease, I was navigating that completely alone. And the amount of people, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I, I was researching and, and learning on my own, but, but really people questioning my choice of action plan. We chose not to have treatment done in Canada and we were fortunate enough to be able to do that. But I mean, I went off my gut. I denied anything that people were saying that would get in my way of doing what was going to get my daughter better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I you had t- razor focus for that. Thankfully, she's better. <laughs> yeah, you got her done. So the third thing denial gives us is energy. That's why mm-hmm. eights have the most energy. I think that's totally accurate. I I heard it somewhere that the anxiety and fear and doubt that other types feel is what exhausts them and saps them. But because we're denying those things, we have access to the whole kit and caboodle. We have access to all the energy that would otherwise be taken up by those things. Yes, I agree with you. But having gotten sick, And having anxiety attacks after that bout of getting sick and having my body shut down and be slow. We have more access to the hard feelings. 
there's a correlation now yeah. between the no, fact that true. you are way ahead of me in terms of accessing the feelings, feelings and yes. I am way more energetic. And I don't want to join you. No, I really don't want you to join me. Feel your feelings before you crash because I don't know that I'll ever get my energy back to where mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning to live with that. Yeah. And I'm probably denying how much that scares me. But I do have a theory, though. It's, it's a hopeful theory that... You're, transition? You're in Please transition. Yes. <laughs> so I think eights, when they deal with their denial, they learn to feel their feelings. There is an ebb in the energy because we're not practiced at it. Yeah. But there is a natural access to energy that we have no matter what. And knowing an eight, you're going to get really efficient at feeling. <laughs> you're going to find a way to efficiently but truly feel your feelings and then... There you go. You'll have both. <laughs> I'm going to go and with that. And will rule the world. All right. <laughs> I will take you up on that. Yes. <laughs> but if there's, seriously, if there's a doctor out there who can back up my, my theory. <laughs> so we just wanted to close with, with this quote from um, Cheryl McMillan. She said, like all other defense mechanisms, the only cure for denial is to become aware of when it's happening to experience the pain that it's trying to alleviate. With patience, the denial process subsides and you can now access a new wealth of feelings. We know we know that's true. We for sure know that. The whole Enneagram journey is about acknowledging the things that we have been repressing or denying. Blind spots, they call them, yep. right? And so our job and the reason we wanted to lead with this topic in particular early on is because we wanted eights to no longer be in denial. I think what you and I struggled with the most is listening to our own type represent us poorly. Yeah. Represent us without actually having a bunch of the puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. And it's been hard. And I am aware that an eight that is way further ahead of me is now listening to this podcast and going, that's you. You have no idea what you're talking about. There is so much more out there for you. Well, please, by all means, if that's you, could you please enlighten us? Because we're willing to be enlightened. But honestly, we're hoping that if we could offer some of the things that we used to deny, but now don't to you, or you're that much further ahead. Or some of the stuff we still deny that you heard today. We're being honest but we're being honest and recognizing we're denying exactly do a scan of your life see whether any of these things are hitting home and feeling uncomfortable Um, see what you might be denying and it's time to put it out there turn to the people you trust and start talking about it and they're going to confirm for you (laughs) that yes indeed they've seen it all along and they've been waiting for you to catch up but I I know you and you're going to actually feel freedom in that. That's going to actually feel as much as it hurts. Awesome. Because we were born for that. For sure. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface and you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor. (laughs) 